What's up, everyone? I'm Brady Morgan, and I'm the host of the Budget Trek Podcast. If you haven't already, head over to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and review and rate the podcast. That would be very much appreciated. Before we dive in, I want to talk about our sponsor. SocialX is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures through weekly mastermind calls featuring top business leaders, online courses, and amazing events all over the country. If you're interested in learning more about SocialX, go to socialxevents.com and tell them you came from the Budget Trek podcast. Now, on to the show. What's going on, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Budget Trek podcast, and today we truly have a very special interview. He is a body transformation coach, an ACE certified personal trainer, a wellness director, a motivational speaker, but most importantly, he is a cancer survivor, Mr. Matt Odie. Matt, what's going on, man? Thanks, man. Appreciate it, Brady. Uh, super excited to be on here. And, uh, you know, hopefully my story can impact somebody's life or somebody who's been impacted by uh, cancer or some type of adversity in their life. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for coming on. So as we talked about before, this is going to kind of be unconventional. I'm not going to do a lot of talking. I'm not going to ask a lot of questions. I just want to allow you to tell your story because I feel like that's going to be the biggest impact on this episode. So without further ado, let's, let's hear the story of Matt Odie. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. So I'm uh, going to start off with a very important date, and that's March 17th of 2016. So uh, it's St. Patrick's Day. I'm 24 years old at the time. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, just out at the bars with my friends. We're having a good time, and I run into this girl. Uh, we start talking, have a couple of drinks, um, get her phone number. Her name was Lauren. And, um, you know, just kind of had some slide moves. So eventually, you know, was lucky enough to go on a second or a first date, I guess you could say, um, about a week later. So as the weeks progressed, we started dating more. Um, and about a month, month and a half later, we end up dating. So we're doing all these summer activities. It's summer now. It's about June. We're doing all these summer activities together. I'm going kayaking, doing hiking, all these things. And all of a sudden, I started to notice these minor back pains. At the time, I'm a personal trainer, um, you know, very healthy, eating the right foods, always working out, um, you know, very conscious of my body. So I kind of just thought, you know, it might be from lifting. I'll let it go. Probably nothing to worry about. And as weeks progressed, uh, my back pain started to get gradually worse. And eventually got to a point where it was hard to me, for me to do any activities. We couldn't do the kayaking. We couldn't go out and do all of those activities we were doing. Eventually, I couldn't even walk into a grocery store without having back pain or having to sit down. And Lauren and my parents and my friends started getting concerned. They're like, hey, Matt, you should probably go to a doctor. And of course, me being 24, um, you know, you think you're invincible at that age. So you're like, all right, I'm good. I'll be fine. I'll just let it go. It'll eventually, you know, go away. Well, it just kept getting worse and worse until one day um, I was over Lauren's house and um, I ended up staying the night. And I ended up waking up and I started puking up blood. And right then I was like, okay, I know something's wrong, but uh, I was still being stubborn. I'm like, you know, it could be food poisoning, something like that. So the next day, um, you know, I go back to my apartment that I was in for about three days and I get there and within like an hour or two, I start puking up blood again. Uh, obviously at this point I'm super weak, super tired. I call my dad. He comes, picks me up. They give me no choice and I end up going to the hospital. 
Well, when I get to the hospital, they end up doing a blood test on me and found out that I lost two thirds of the blood circulating through my body, which is equivalent to being shot with a gun. So immediately, um, I get rushed to a more advanced hospital, local hospital, they end up giving me six bags of blood and they believed it was an ulcer that was causing the bleeding uh, inside of my stomach. So the next day, I, I go into like a minor surgery. Um, I'm out and I'm in the recovery room with my parents and I'm eating cereal at the time. And the doctor walks in and, um, you know, I think it's all over. I think that I'm ready to go home. And all of a sudden I notice he has this blank stare in his eyes. He comes over to my parents and he asks them, uh, can I speak to you two in private? And immediately I stopped him there and I, I told him, I said, no, whatever you want to tell them, you can tell me. So he sits down, he stares me in the eyes, grabs my hand and he says, Matt, we found an 11 centimeter tumor in your small intestine. We have to rush you to the main campus of the Cleveland Clinic. We believe it is cancerous, and we have to um, just figure this out as soon as possible. And here's like a really good lesson for everybody. Um, you know, right then and there, uh, instead of me having all this panic and worry, the first thing I did was I looked over at my parents who were crying at the time, and I, I told myself, how am I going to be strong for them? How am I going to be strong for Lauren and my friends and my family? And... Every single one of us in life is going to have unexpected news. And it might not be to that caliber. It might be even worse. But if you can look at life, and this is something that one of my big mentors that I've always been following, his name is always said was, life happens for you, not to you. So if you can take advice and say, how is this happening for me, not to me, things become a lot different. Perspective becomes a lot different. And that's how I started to you know, look at this battle that I was going to have to face. So the next day, I get rushed to the main campus of the Cleveland Clinic, which is one of the top hospitals in the country. And they do, gosh, probably 25 to 30 tests on me. And they found out that I have stage 3C testicular cancer, which is the highest form of testicular cancer you can have. Now, the weird part was, usually with testicular cancer, the symptom starts with your testicle. Well, for me, I never had a symptom in there. And what had happened was the tumor was the symptom. And the reason I had all this back pain was because my tumor was rubbing against nerves in my back the whole time. And I had this massive tumor in me. So that's where all of the, I guess, cancer started to build up. So once they figured that out, I was on chemotherapy immediately. Um, within a week and a half, I lost my hair and then right in the dead smack middle of my chemotherapy, I, I ended up losing my, my three-year-old puppy Duke who was diagnosed with cancer at the time and it devastated me mentally and physically because I was in my chemotherapy. Before this, I took him to all his chemotherapy sessions before I was even diagnosed with cancer. And we fought this battle together. And uh, to have him pass away was a huge mental struggle for me. I, for probably a week, I started to go into that depression, started to make excuses for myself. I started asking, why are these things happening to me? And all these negative energy. And then one day, I just got out of my bed and I said, is this what Duke or is this what my family, is this what anybody would want me to do? Just give up on my life. And I said, absolutely not. So I got myself off that bed. I started going to all my chemotherapy sessions, started walking the days I needed to, being healthy. And um, within you know a month and a half, I finished my chemotherapy. It was probably one of the most gratifying days of my life. 
and I felt like I had pretty much just conquered one of the hardest tasks I've ever faced. And, you know, in celebration, uh, my dad said, you know, Matt, we're going to do an event and we're going to call it Mustaches for Matt. We're going to get as many people to come to this event on Thanksgiving morning where um, Cleveland hosts what's called a turkey trot. It's a 5 and 10K race. And we're just going to get people to come there and support you for battling and defeating your chemotherapy. And the reason we called it Mustaches for Matt was because when I went through chemotherapy, I ended up losing my hair but I had this dirty, dirty mustache that I just never decided to shave. So all my friends, instead of, of course, making fun of me, they, uh, all the guys decided to grow mustaches throughout my whole chemotherapy session. So um, Thanksgiving morning arrives, and um, we had no idea how many people were going to show up, and we ended up having over 400 people on Thanksgiving morning show up at this event. We gave them all T-shirts. Girls um, wore fake mustaches. Guys, if they you know, could grow them, they grew the, their mustaches. We all ran the 5 and 10K race. Obviously, I couldn't at the time. I just finished chemotherapy, so I was super weak and tired. But it was just so gratifying to see the support that, um, you know, when you're going through something difficult in life, you don't realize how much support you really have until you're actually in it. And for me, I had hundreds and hundreds of people. And I just want everyone to know out there, whatever you're going through, you are not alone. There are people out there that are there to support you. You may not see them right now, but they're there and they're out for you and they want to help you. So don't feel like you're battling these fights alone because you're not. And uh, for me, that was massive. I needed that support through those difficult times. So after the race was over, after the event was over, I ended up going to my oncologist and we sat down and he, he told me, Matt, we have good news and we have bad news. Good news. Your tumor had shrunk from 11 centimeters to three centimeters. Bad news. Your tumor is wrapped around what's called your vena cava. Now, your vena cava is basically a main vein that goes from the bottom of your um, you know, upper body all the way to your heart. It's like a central vein. They're like, we're going to have to do a 12-hour surgery with multiple surgeons to remove the tumor and to remove the vein and the tumor, and we don't know what kind of complications are going to get involved. So for the, for the next two, two and a half weeks for the surgery, I was freaking out, um, very difficult mentally because I just didn't know what the outcome was going to be. Eventually the day comes, they end up doing the surgery. It was 10 hours, 10 plus hours long. They end up removing the vein and going into that surgery, uh, I was about 140 pounds. Before I was diagnosed with uh, cancer, I was about 185 pounds, personal trainer, very healthy, like I said before. But um, going into this, um, you know, it's about 140 pounds. So coming out of it, I ended up being over 190 pounds because of the swelling. I was remember like trying to stand and trying to do these things once I was out of this surgery and I couldn't really do anything. And I asked my doctor and I said, is this normal? He said, no, it's not normal, but the draining should eventually start to, you know, drain out of your stomach. So I said, okay, I ended up having, so when I ended up having the surgery, I had stitches from my left hip to my right and I had like a draining tube to drain the fluid. Well, I go home about a week later, the draining just completely stops. Within like minutes, I'm in so much pain that I have to go back to the hospital. And within seconds, I was in an ambulance back to the Cleveland Clinic where I completely blacked out. Now, Lauren and my parents at the time didn't know what was really going on. They brought me to the hospital and they get there and the doctors end up having to drain seven liters of fluid out of my stomach, causing me to go into complete kidney and liver failure. 
I had a catheter in my neck and in my chest because I thought I was going to be on dialysis for the rest of my life. Um, I was hooked up to about a million wires. I had a breathing tube shoved down my throat, and I was in a coma for two weeks. So I'm going to share a testament of uh, faith with you guys, and I don't push faith on anybody, you know, but whatever you believe in. But for me, um, it was God, and he's done a lot of miracles in my life, and here's just one of them. Um, while I was in that coma, I ended up having three different prayer services where hundreds of people would go to a local church and pray for me. And in the middle of the third and last prayer service was the day that I woke up. Somebody got a phone call in the middle of the prayer service saying that I had woken up. And to me, that was God saying, Matt, this isn't the end of your journey. This is only the beginning. It wasn't like I could just get up and walk out of that hospital. I um, could open my eyes and I could wiggle my fingers. That was it. And Lauren, my parents, who stayed in that hospital every single day, where I hadn't even mentioned this yet, by the time when I was diagnosed with cancer, Lauren had only been dating me for three months, and I didn't know if she was going to break up with me or if she was going to stay with me. And you know, she decided right then that she wasn't going to leave me, and she was going to stay with me every single step of the way. And while I was going through that chemotherapy, she was there at my house every day, at my chemotherapy sessions when she could make it. And when I was in that hospital, she stayed in that hospital every single day, along with my parents. And uh, eventually I woke up and um, like I said, I couldn't really do anything except for wiggle my fingers and, and open my eyes. Within a week, they took the breathing tube out of me and I could say a couple words, but I wasn't really conscious and I couldn't really say too many things, but I started to make some small progress. So the next step was they wanted to take one of the catheters out of me and they decided to take one of the catheters out of my neck. So when they went to go do that, I ended up having an air rhythm heartbeat and they ended up having to do 10 minutes of CPR on me, and I ended up going into cardiac arrest. Right then, I ended up going right back into another one-week coma, and I woke up um, you know, on uh, Valentine's Day. I remember waking up, seeing uh, um, you know, flowers and hearts everywhere, not knowing what was going on, and you know, eventually I learned that all this stuff happened to me, and I had to relearn to live my entire life again. At this point, like I said before, I was 190 pounds. Well, they ended up draining all that fluid and everything. I couldn't get anything but IVs in me, no food, no water. I was dwindled down at that point to about 120 pounds. From just laying in my bed to sitting in, up in my bed took about a week. And this is not just me doing it on my own. This is physical therapy. Therapists literally grabbing me and doing this for me. Then from sitting to standing took another week. And from standing to um, taking my very first steps was another week. And all this time, I was in the ICU um, of the Cleveland Clinic. And as I was taking my first steps, it was really difficult, but I was also super dizzy. And I felt like something just wasn't right. Um, at this point, I was already four surgeries in as well, because when they drained the fluid out of me, it took three different surgeries to drain, gradually drain all that fluid out of me. Eventually, after about 30 to maybe 35 days, I was out of the ICU and into a recovery room. <clears throat> Once I got into that recovery room, well, three days in, they're like, you're making some really good progress. We're going to ship you off to our final stages of physical therapy. I was ready to go, feeling good, still didn't feel like something was right, but I was feeling ready to go. Well, as they're wheeling me to my physical therapy, I looked down at my stitches and my stitches had popped open and my spleen was sticking out of my stomach. I had to be rushed into a fifth major surgery and back in the ICU the next day. And at this point, 
I felt like I had completely just hit rock bottom. Um, I remember looking at a ceiling and my hands were tied to the bed. My legs were tied to the bed because I guess I was trying to take the breathing tube out of my mouth when um, I'd be kind of awake. I wouldn't remember this. And uh, I had a breathing tube in my mouth, so I couldn't say anything. I had my hands strapped to the bed. I had my legs strapped to the bed. And I just remember looking at the ceiling and asking God. I said, God, I have two options here. I can either give up on my life now, or I can say I'm in the lowest part of my life. And the only place I can go is up. And, you know, that next day, they took the breathing tube out of me. They unstrapped my hands, my legs. I got up off that ICU bed, and I walked further than I had ever done previous to the ICU room ever that I did um, when I was in that recovery room. And when I was in that surgery, they ended up having to do what was called an open wound surgery. So they couldn't stitch my stomach back up on that fifth surgery. So they had to leave my stomach open and put a big mesh over it. Now, it sounds like that was way worse, but I th honestly think that's what helped me to start progressing. So um, within four days, I was out of the ICU room. I was back in that recovery room. Three days into that recovery room, I was out of that recovery room and finally into the last stages of my physical therapy where I had to learn to do daily activities again from sitting on a toilet to getting out of bed, doing all these things that you take for granted every day. I had to relive again, and um, it puts things into perspective. At the time, it didn't, but looking back now, it really, really does put things into perspective and how grateful you should be every day just to be able to get out of bed and do the things that you love or be willing to do the things that you love. So about two weeks out of the hospital, in that physical therapy, I was out of the hospital, and the day that I was out of the hospital was March 17th of 2017, one year exactly from the day that I met Lauren, who was my rock, my pretty much everything throughout this entire journey. And that is God putting people in your life for a reason. I'm telling you, no matter what is happening in your life right now, there is a person in your life for a reason that is there to help you, that is there to guide you, that is there to be for you when you need them. And God put Lauren in my, my life. She stayed in that. So I was in the hospital for 53 straight days. She stayed there all 53 days. She would wake up at 6 a.m. She'd fight the nurses because you weren't allowed to see me at 7. See me from 6 to 7, go to work, come back, see me till I went to sleep. And I couldn't even talk half the time. And she wouldn't even, she literally wouldn't even um, go out on the weekends with her friends, any of that stuff. Parents did the same exact thing. So they didn't even go to work. They just stayed with me. And then all of my friends and family there too. But uh, so eventually I'm out of the hospital. And at this point, I'm 110 pounds. And it wasn't like, oh, now I can just go and do everything I want. No, this was me still fighting for my life and regaining, um, you know, my strength and everything back. So I would say since I didn't have those nurses and doctors to hold me accountable, I started going back into those excuses again. I started getting that depression again. Um, I started making every single excuse in the book, I guess you could say, to not put in the physical therapy that I needed to get myself better. And within three weeks, I was back in the hospital with a resting heart rate of 150 and my blood pressure was like through the roof. I ended up having to be in the hospital for four days. They finally got it under control and I was realizing that I wasn't taking care of my body. And then the next, like probably two, three days later, I'm over at Lauren's house and she sits down with me and has one of the most impactful, important discussions of my life. And she basically said one of the hardest things um, of, you know, 
if you're not willing to take care of yourself and you're not willing to do what you said you were going to do to help these people eventually, then why are you still here? And she didn't mean it in a bad way at all. She didn't mean it in a negative way. She meant it as in, you need to get your shit together. So the next day, I literally picked up a five-pound dumbbell and started doing bicep curls. The next day, I did it again and again and again. And eventually, from 110 pounds, within about a month, I was 130 pounds. So within about two months, I was 140 pounds. One last story I want to share with you guys is about five to six months later, I was about 145 pounds, close to it. I was going back to visit my nurses in the ICU room. And the first person I saw when I got to the, the ICU room was the nurse who saved my life when I went into cardiac arrest. We ended up pretty much just giving each other hugs. We were crying. And he told me, he said, Matt, this is my last day in the ICU room. I wasn't even supposed to be working today. And this is a miracle. So we have each other's numbers now. We contact each other all the time. And once again, people are brought into your life for a reason. Fast forward now about another six months, my, my wound finally healed. So when I told you I had an open wound, it took an entire year for my skin to fully heal. Fast forward now, two years later, I'm 200 pounds. Um, I work out every single day. Uh, I don't take anything for granted. I'm a motivational speaker trying to share my story to the world and help anybody who's going through adversity right now because I want you to know you're not alone and whatever you're fighting, with a strong mindset, support system, belief in yourself, and belief in whatever you do believe in, you can achieve anything. And uh, that's just where I'm here to kind of share my story and, and hopefully impact some people's lives. I knew this point was coming where I was going to have to say something. And I really don't know how to follow up any of that. You know, it's, it's crazy hearing this story because we just met. And, you know, I find myself like listening to your story getting kind of emotional because it's, you know, putting, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. Like how would I feel in that moment? And I, I think what makes me the most emotional is thinking about support system. Cause I'm married and, you know, having my wife, like that's my why that's my support system. And you know, yeah. you having Lauren and your parents and they're there every single day. Like people don't realize, you know, you, you said that, you know, I don't try to push faith on anybody either, but I do believe in God. I'm a Christian and I do believe that people are in your life for a reason, but you got to think on the other way that you're in people's lives for a reason too. So just from this conversation, like you're in my life for a reason. Like I would have not heard your story otherwise. And it's crazy because we have a family friend that's actually going through cancer too right now. And, uh, it's it's tough, but I think hearing stories like yours where it's so bad, but there is a way out and it, it gets better. Yeah, it sucks at the time, but at the end of the day, if you just keep pushing forward and keep thinking to yourself like you were thinking, is this how I'm supposed to be living my life? Am I putting in my best effort? Am I being who I'm called to be? And I, I don't think God was finished with you yet. And think about how many people wouldn't be able to hear your story if none of these surges were to work, if they got to you one second later, any of these things. I don't think it's by chance at all. I, I, think, I think God's plan is perfect, and I think his timing is perfect. And just, yeah, man, I mean. 
appreciate that, man. And, and sometimes it's really difficult to understand why. Like, uh, for example, yesterday, what happened with Kobe, like, you don't understand why those, and his daughter and all those people, right. you don't understand why these things happen in life. But God has a plan for people. God has a plan for everybody. And it's really hard in a moment to realize these things. But, um, you know, if you're still on this earth, you have to take your adversity and your um, challenges as a lesson and a learning tool. You have to right. learn from them. You can't make excuses. You can't blame other people. You can't do any of that stuff because it's going to get you nowhere. The stuff you can't control, like being diagnosed with cancer, you can't control that except for how your mind and how your thoughts are when you get the news or when you're dealing with chemo or when you're going through those hard times because that's what's going to push you forward or push you backwards. Right. You know, learning from that. Um, and you're right, man. That support system to everything. Um, you know, not just Lauren and my parents, but my friends, family, everybody. But, like, yeah, Lauren's been, gosh, my rock through everything. And we uh, went from just a normal couple to – gosh, uh, it's about as strong of a bond as you get and uh, just grateful. That's the only word I could ever imagine to think of because when you have gratitude in your life every day of somebody being there, all that little stuff doesn't really matter. You know, yeah. you worry about, you worry about um, what somebody might say to you or you, you get frustrated because of something in traffic or something like that and it ruins your entire day. Well, it's not like it doesn't bother me, but I let it go right away. I have, so I have this bracelet on me. This is what I do. Whenever I feel like something, it just says survivor and it's a testicular cancer bracelet. Whenever I feel some type of negativity in my life, I look down at this bracelet and immediately I think it's something positive and I think I could be back at right at that position in my life three and a half years ago mm -hmm. and I'm not, I'm here. I'm in the moment, I'm present, and I'm able to do these things that I couldn't do three years ago. I couldn't even walk to less than three years ago. I couldn't even walk. I was 110 pounds. Literally three years ago, I was in a coma right now, three years ago, exactly today. And yeah. if I look at this bracelet and I'm here talking to you, man, I'm, I'm freaking grateful, dude, for every single second I have on this earth. Like you don't, tomorrow's not guaranteed. Shit, 10, 10 minutes from now is not guaranteed. So if you're worried about, something that you know if you want to get to a certain point in your life if you want to get to that next level and you know the things you need to do to get to that next level but you're afraid of judgment you're afraid of self-doubt you have all these worries get that shit out of your head because guess what at the end of the day things could be a lot worse and you have to be willing to push forward to get to your dreams to help the people you want to help and that's where i'm at right now so i love that man i love it i actually uh I interviewed an individual named Chase Tuning and in the episode he talks about leading everything in your life with fulfillment and joy because you're right. We as human beings tend to worry about things we can't control. Your cancer diagnosis, there's nothing you could have done about that. There was a plan for that, right? But when I find myself only worrying about things that I can actually control, I find myself to be happier because I can fix the outcome of the result. Yeah. So not to take away from your thunder, because I really do want to wrap this up because I don't want to take away from your story at all with any of this other fluff. You're but good, if it were me, you know, giving anyone else out there is like tomorrow is not guaranteed. Matt's right. Only worry about things that you can control. 
And I would, I would take that one step further and say, don't worry about the bullshit that doesn't even matter that you can control. Worry about your relationships, your progress, your business, fitness, et cetera, because that's all that really matters at the end of the day. So to close this out, Matt, I know you probably get this all the time, but you know, what, what's one piece of advice you have for others out there who are experiencing these terrible struggles, whether that's, you know, to the level of yours or beyond? Yeah. Uh, like I said before, everything happens for you, not to you. And when you can learn to use your adversity and the challenges of your life as a lesson and not an excuse, um, you'll be much better off. You'll have a different perspective on life and you'll be 10 times more grateful for every single day that you still have on this earth. I love it, man. I love it. So I want to give people an opportunity to find you on social media too. Maybe reach out to you yeah. if you have any questions or comments. So where can they find you? Appreciate that. Um, Instagram is my um, probably most used platform. It's M-A-T-T-Y-O-D-E. So Maddie Odie. Um, you can find me there. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, just Matt Odie. And uh, I have a website as well. Uh, if you're ever looking for a speaker, um, you can go to mustachesformatt.com. Love it, man. So guys, reach out to Matt. Let him know what you thought of the episode or any other comments, questions you have for him. And Matt, appreciate your time, man. Thanks, Brady. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. I post episodes every Monday and Thursday at 6 a.m. Central Time, and they're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major podcasting platform. Check out our social media linked in the description and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you next time.